Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Matthew. Go to the book of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I love it. Everybody looks good today. Amazing. Everybody ready to eat tonight? Anybody have a cajachina going on? If you do, can you wave your hand? Got, I think, two people. You got a cajachina, Lewis? Wow. Awesome. Lewis is an incredible dream team member. And uh, you're awesome. I just looked at you and I remember this Tuesday at our staff meeting, we usually do like shout outs of volunteers or whatever and just like, hey, love this guy, love this girl, she's awesome. And your name came up like 50 times on Tuesday. You're amazing. Seriously, you're awesome. And all 50 were Louis Gray awesome. Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one. Uh, look at the person next to you and tell them you look fantastic today. Look at the person on the other side and tell him, you look better than the first person I turned to. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to try to preach short so we can have a nice worship moment at the end. And then we'll go hang with friends and family. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. And this is a Christmas story, which we've read several times. You can read it out of Matthew or Luke. There's some beautiful ones. And today, I really love Matthew's version. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He, he was outraged. He was shocked. He was stunned because the woman he's engaged to uh, is now pregnant through what she says is the Holy Spirit. You could imagine Joseph's dilemma and ordeal. Verse 20, but after they had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Come on, how beautiful is that? Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Come on, how beautiful, beautiful, beautiful is that passage. On this Christmas Eve, as we're getting ready to celebrate and be with friends and family, enjoy good times, this is what it's all about. It's about Jesus, who came to save us from our sins. It's not about anything else but Jesus. And I, I pray that this passage is engraved in our minds and our hearts, that it's all about him. Emmanuel, God with us. I want to share a short message with you that I've titled, Closer Than You Know. Closer Than You Know. Anybody ever had a, a rough morning? 
Some people said every morning. I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Me and Anna had a rough morning this morning. Rough morning. She wasn't submissive and it was tough. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> had nothing to do with that. No, because again, tonight the Christmas party is at our house, right? So we got some family coming over and so got to make sure the house is clean. Plus we had to be here on time. Um, by the time we get out of here, we still have to run some air. Anybody still have to go buy gifts and last minute things? No? Okay. We're the only ones. Well, and Phil and Danny too. Um, but, but. You know, it's one of those days where, so we literally got up at 6.30 in the morning today. It's 6.30 in the morning because we know we have to be here on time. We were trying to be here by 10, 10.30 the latest to get ready for service. Obviously want to give this time the best time possible. Um, but we had a lot of running around. Diana was literally this morning picking up food at 8 o'clock in the morning. She was picking up food at the supermarket, at the grocery store. So it was just a rough morning running all over the place. You, you ever gotten up one of those mornings and you're like, hey, we, we got time. We got up on time, so we got time. And, and you look and you're like, all right, service starts at 12. We got more than enough time. It seems far. But, but all of a sudden, you look, and it's 11.59.59. Anybody know what it's about? Like, it's just, it was far, but, but really, it's closer than you know, right? It, it seemed distant. We had all the time in the world until we looked, and it was 10, and, and now, just throw on anything, we, we got to go. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just one of those mornings, and, and we're rushing, and Lechong is going to burn if we don't turn it off. Like, it's just a rush. It's crazy because what seemed like we still had some time, it was off at a distance. It actually, it approached us. It, it creeped up on us quickly, and now it's, it's right here. I think the general consensus of humanity is that God is off at a distance. God, God is far. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we know God. We talk about God. We, we worship God, but he's, he's off at a distance. He's not close. Like, he's, he's not near us. We, we talk about God like the big man upstairs. And, and we go through our own life just worrying about our own life, not thinking that God is among us, with us, really. Like, you know, we, we think he's there, but but distant. And every once in a while, he'll, he may come close or we may draw close, but, but God is far. He's not close. And it really causes a problem because I think that the problem that we have is that our perspective of God will now rule our approach to life. God is distant, so he doesn't understand my problems. God is far away, so he does not really care about some of the small details of my life. God, God is busy. You've seen Bruce Almighty. He's answering 1,200 emails, and, and he, he, he's definitely not like worrying about the problem that I have with my son. It's a minor problem. Like, like my son's okay. He's just a little hard-headed. God's not in that problem. He, he's worried about the bigger stuff in the globe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, so, so he's there, but, but he's not there. Does that make sense? And so humanity lives this way. We live with, with a God who's up in the clouds. That's usually how we see God, right? Like you see the paintings, you look at pictures, you look at old art from centuries past. God is up in the clouds and it's beautiful. A God with a very long white beard in the clouds looking down on humanity. That's our, that's our frame. That's how humanity has worked for centuries. God, he's up there, we're down here. And so how we approach God, how we live with God, how we talk about God, it's in that perspective, it's in that frame. God's up there, we're down here. We have our own issues while God is taking care of bigger issues. Now that changes everything because 
it's not a God that's here right now that you can talk to in this very moment. In fact, I'll take it one step further. Real, real Christians, we know that Jesus, when he ascended, he left us the Holy Spirit, which means God is with us here right now. It's the third person of the Trinity. Jesus is here in spirit form. It's God the Father in spirit form. He's here with us. That, that should change the way we talk. That should change the way we live. That should change the things we do. That should change the way that we approach life. But because we don't remember that, he, he's up there, we're down here. But, but I think Christmas, it's a huge eye-opener. Because, because I think Christmas is what sets apart Christianity from any other religion in the world. Like Christian, Christianity is, is a game changer for the history of mankind. Because in history past, you look at Greek mythology, you look at other religions, the deity or the God is up there and we have to try to get close to that God. We have to please him. In old, old times, you want to go back into old times, they would sacrifice children to appease this God, right? Like you would have to do certain things to try to get favor from these false gods and and never would a God come close. That's weird, like that's like that God loves and that he comes close, that's, that's foreign, that's not real, that's not true. That we have to try to live our best lives so that we can get close to him. And that's all religions. In fact, there's some religions that say if you're, you're not good enough in this life, you're reincarnated into a grasshopper, a donkey, pick something, and, and then if you're good, you'll get closer. If you don't get that close again, Another try, you're reincarnated once again, and then you get closer and closer until you can get close to like this deity, this powerful being. Christmas is a game changer because you and I can never get close to a holy God. Like it's just real. We can never get close to a holy God because we're, we're unholy people. We're sinful people. Like you have one of these rough mornings and you can see your sin and be like, I, I need Jesus. I need to get into service right now. I need some prayer. Pray for me. Pray for my unsubmissive wife. Pray for us. Like, like, right? So we are sinful people. We are people that are troubled on the inside. On Sunday, we talked about people with restless hearts. And so there's no way that you can ever be good enough to approach an almighty, powerful being called God, who is 100% love, but he's also 100% holy. And he does have a standard. And you and I can never meet that standard and why Christmas changes everything is because God saw us in our condition and he said I'm not just going to stay up here and wait for humanity to come close to me I'm going to get up off my throne I'll put on human flesh and I'm going down to mankind to be with them grab them love them hug them come on that's what Christmas is all about that Jesus came into the world that the invisible God became the incarnate flesh The God that we cannot see became the God that we can see. That's a beautiful reminder on Christmas that God, he he came close to us. And so don't worry about the the presence you receive. In fact, remember the presence we received in Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. In fact, I'll put it this way. In your presence, always remember the presence. 
He's here with me. He, he, he didn't forget about humanity. He didn't ride on the, on the winds of the universe and move on to other galaxies and planets and leave us here to fight our own battles. He's the God who came close. He's the God who came and dwelt among us. He's the word that became flesh. That's a beautiful picture in Christ. That's wild. And that should make us want to fall in love with him all over again. This is why I serve. This is why I give. This is why I give him my finances. This is why I give him my heart. This is why I give him my worship. Because when I was lost, when I was confused, when I couldn't get to him, when I was blind, when I didn't know direction, come on, God, he, he said, I love you so much that I'll come to you. And so in our daily struggle, in our rough mornings, rough afternoons, in our crazy nights, when family comes over and when life is upside down and when the bills aren't met and when life gets tough and when our health fails, what we have to remember is that we have a presence in our present. He's with me. He's never left me. He will never leave me. He's God all the time. Can we give God about five seconds of praise and thank him for who he is? He's a good God. Can I get an Amen. He remembered humanity and he came down. He remembered the promise he made in the Garden of Eden where he will crush the head of the serpent. And eventually it will come to pass. And so in Matthew, we get this beautiful picture and this beautiful passage of what happened in the birth of Jesus. You have Mary and Joseph who are engaged, about to get married and they're working out all the details and she wants one dress. On top of that, she, she's picking out her florist and her cake and it's way out of Joseph's budget and he's trying to make ends meet and, 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 and all of a sudden, she has to tell him I'm pregnant. And he's like, but we, we haven't even been together. We wait till marriage because we're believers. Um, side note. Um, what, what do you mean you're pregnant? Like pregnant, pregnant with joy? <laughs> pregnant with expectation of our wedding? I can't wait either. I am full of expectation. She's like, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm conceived by the Holy Spirit and there's a baby that's coming. How do you react to that? How, what do you do? He's now the laughing stock of the town. He's now, everybody's going to ridicule him and make fun of him. And so imagine Joseph's problem. And Joseph was thinking about divorcing her. That's what we talked about last Christmas Eve. And, and I said, don't cancel Christmas. Don't, don't cancel out God's plans for your life. And an angel appears and, and, and finally tells Joseph the details. And you got to read it. And it's powerful. It's beautiful. And think about what happened. But, but I want to focus these last few minutes that I have on, on what the angel said. You call him Jesus because he comes to save people from their sins. Christmas is that God is a rescuer. God is a forgiver. God is a redeemer. God, God is a God who remembers, right? So that's what it's all about, that he came to save us, that we were lost in our sins. We were dead in our sins, beyond loss. We had no life. And so Jesus came to save us. That's amazing. And then he said, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now, now, the fact that Matthew included that is huge. Again, we're reading it in the year 2020, going on 2021. We're like, that's beautiful, God with us, that's powerful. But, 
but Matthew's writing it to people who are going to understand that. As soon as they see that, they're going to be like, whoa, that, that's an old prophecy. An old prophecy, I'll give you the scripture. It actually goes back to Isaiah chapter 7. There was a prophet named Isaiah, and in, in Isaiah chapter 7, he records this word that God gave him in Isaiah chapter 7, because there was this king, and the king was up in a battle, Ahaz, against two giant kingdoms that were about to come and destroy God's people. And so Ahaz is like, what do I do? This is crazy. They're about to overtake me. God, what do I do? You ever felt like that? God, life is crazy. What do I do? And God gives him a promise. And God says, hey, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God with us. In other words, Ahaz, don't worry about who's against you when you know who's for you. Don't worry about what you're up against when you know who's among you. God himself is going to step in and save you. Now, you go back into history, you read Ahaz's life. He was disobedient and he missed out on obeying God's plan for his life. But this was a future sign. Like, hey, you may be up against some battles now, but at the end, you got the victory already. Do you get the picture? This is profound. This is deep. Ahaz... Ahaz, you're up against some enemies. You've been disobedient, but because I love you, a son will come. It's God with humanity, and he will save you. And so you may have some temporary losses, but they will never compare to the eternal victory that you are going to have because God is with you. This is for somebody today. You might have lost something in 2020, but God with us. You might have lost a job in 2020. You might have lost some finances. You might have lost a family member. You might have gone through some difficult problems. But at the end of 2020, we remember that he doesn't leave us, that he doesn't forsake us, that I have a God that loves me, and that he's with me here and now. Anybody thankful for God with us? Emmanuel. And so when Matthew pens this and he writes the prophecy of Isaiah, the people are like, then this is the Messiah. This is the sign that God promised in eternity past. Since Genesis chapter 3, he promised this. Isaiah reconfirms this, and in Matthew, he's here. It's a powerful picture of God displaying his power throughout humanity. Jesus is God among us. And he's God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. God came to dwell with humanity. And so today, I, I don't know how you're heading into Christmas. Maybe on your mind, on your heart, you're still thinking about all that you lost, all that you've gone through, the pain, the suffering that a lot of us have walked through, the dark times of 2020, the hard times of 2020. But let Jesus be a reminder that he's never forgotten about you. He's not off at a distance. He's the God that comes close. He's closer than you know. At night when you're crying on a pillow, he's there with you when you're wondering how you're going to pay a bill. He's there with you when you're wondering what's going to happen with your health. He's there with you. Come on. He's God with us in the present. I have a present and it's Jesus himself. He has not forgotten me. He has not abandoned me. He's always with me. So Christmas represents so much more than presents, lights, trees, and donkeys. 
That's great. That's awesome. We celebrate that. We have a whole lot of fun. We bring a Santa on Sundays. We, we love all that, but don't get it confused. Christmas is not about that. Christmas is not about a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not about lights on the trees or on a house. It's not about Frosty the Snowman. It's not about any of that. We love that. We participate in that. We can have fun in that, but it's really that God will not leave me, that God loved me so much. He will not forsake me. He won't forget my family. He won't forget the prophecy. He won't forget the word he gave me. He's with me now. And so that's why I worship. And that's why I give him my heart. And that's why I go to him with everything. Because he loves me. And because he came close to me. He came. When I couldn't go to him, he came to me. That's a powerful picture. Imagine. Imagine being able not to move and there's a desperate desire to go somewhere. Imagine. I can't move. I'm trapped. You ever felt trapped? I can't move. There's no way my feet can move. I don't have strength. I don't have power. Like, we don't think about that. But that's mankind spiritually. In desperate need for God, in, in our discouragement, in our darkness, in our depressions, in our hard times, in our doubts, in our fears, saying, God, I want you and I'm trying to, but, but I can't move forward. I'm confused. I'm lost. This is hard. But God is so loving that he became one of us to communicate with us. That's powerful. One commentator I read said, if he wanted to communicate with dogs, he would have became a dog. If he wanted to communicate with ants, he would have became an ant. But he loved humans so much, he became a human to communicate with us and to show us who he is. That's a beautiful picture. And so I'll finish with this, these three things. We'll light up candles and we'll worship. And, and really what I, what I would love to do is just create a moment where we can forget about the busyness and the craziness we got going on. And let's just give them our full attention and our full and proper worship. And if you're doing this at home, maybe you can grab a candle. But it's significant about the light that came into the world. And take a break in this season to just really focus on him. Number one, Christmas represents that he came close. Number one, close. Somebody say close. Not only that he came close, but that he is close. He's with you. He's with you right now. He's as very real as the wind that we feel. You can't see the wind, but you can feel the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. And so although I cannot see God, I know that he's with me. Because it's evident in my heart as he draws me close to him. The Bible says he produces the will and the desire. And so for me in my flesh, even though I'm sinful and flawed and messed up, to have this need to want more of God and to want to worship God, that's God himself telling me, I'm here, I'm with you. I know you've fallen, I know you've messed up, but I'm, but I'm drawing you close, I'm drawing you close because I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I, I went down in a manger because I love you. He's close, he's here. So Christmas is God saying, I'm the one that's pulling you. I'm the one that, that I got you. I got, I'm never gonna let you go. I'm the anchor for your soul. So when I look at, at a picture of a baby in a manger, it's really God in the manger. 
And it's God saying, you, you think you're looking, but it's really me who's been searching for you. We talked about that on site. He's looking for us. He's close. He's here. I love what the Bible says in the book of um, Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He's near. He's here. And then, you know, you think about everything that humanity is calling upon today. We're calling upon salaries. We're calling upon government help. We're calling upon politicians. We're calling upon old relationships. We're calling upon people to come. But God says, if you call on him, he's near. What what are you calling on this Christmas? What are you calling on? Because nothing else will compare to that. That's a beautiful promise. And so I've been there, right? I don't know if you've ever been there where you had those days where it's like, I just wish, like, oh my God, this day was a lot easier, and I wish we didn't have these things, and I wish we had these other things. You ever been there? I just wish. Oh my God. And what what do we call on, right? We're calling on all these things that will provide temporary relief, but there's only one that brings eternal relief. So, so, so I want to change my vocabulary this Christmas. I want to change the way I speak. And instead of wishing upon anything, I, I call on him because when I call on him is when I remember he's here, he's with me. The Lord is near to all who call on him. He's faithful. He's awesome. He's never going to leave me. So I call on him this Christmas and I remember he's the God in the manger who came to love him. God, I need you more than a salary, more than money, more than a toy, more than anything. You are the only one that can bring healing to my soul. So I call on him. And there's a million other things I can call on and that I wish were better. But if I got him, everything's going to be all right. Number one, he's close. Number two, he cares. He cares. He cares. This is a beautiful picture. Again, go back and understand humanity and history dealing with any kind of deity. They did not care about human affairs. God is different. He's Yahweh. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's Jehovah. He's the real God who cares. Much different than anything else. He's not a God who does not care about our affairs. He really cares. That's why Peter says that we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. He cares. Let the baby in the manger remind you that he cares. He cares about your headaches. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your kids. In fact, he loves your kids more than you love your kids. And that's a mind-blowing kind of thought. He cares. He cares for me. I'll share a scripture there, Psalm chapter 23. We love this, but I just think it's a beautiful picture about a God who truly, deeply wants the best for his children. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leaves me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul and he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake that's a god who cares we we have a dog and some of you are like here he goes again with his dogs i'm sorry i love my dogs but but one of them is zion you know zion and, and this week he got sick he got kennel cough and so he's um 
coughing and hacking all over the place and 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 it's pretty gross mucus coming out of his nose and like he has a runny nose and me and then are like if it was a, like a child he'll tell you i can't breathe and you could tell him hey blow out your nose but what can a dog do he's stuck Especially when we're not there, so we got a little camera at home that can, we can see what he, where those kind of parents for dogs. Uh, we put a camera, and he's walking around with like a booger hanging out. It's really nasty. I don't even know why I'm sharing that, but it's really nasty. But, 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 but we're doing stuff for the dog that we don't even do for ourselves because I care. And so I got him like on steam therapy, and I put the shower super hot and make him lie in there. Like, are you good, buddy? Are you good? I love you. And I bring like all kind of essential oils. People say essential oils are real. I don't know if it works or not. Just like Santa's not real. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. But, but I, I come, and I bring all these essential oils, and I'm, and I'm telling him to inhale him. And I, I, I laugh by myself afterwards. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. But I love Zion. And so I'm there like, here you go, buddy. Like, and he's like, and he like turns his face away. I'm like, but it's going to help you because I care for him, right? And so I do all these things because I want my dog to feel comfortable and good and him to know I love him even though he's in discomfort. Like, God is much better than us. And so he guides us through green pastures and, and he grabs our hand. He's like, hey, are you good? I'm walking with you. I, I, know you're, I know you're in discomfort. I know you're going through some challenges. I know life has been difficult, but I got you. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm here with you every step of the way. I know you've been through some storms. I know you're in darkness, but I'm going to guide you through the darkness. I may not turn it on when you want me to turn on the lights, but I'll never leave you. I'm here taking care of you. I'm the God that never forsakes you he's the good shepherd and Jesus reminds me that he loves me like that's what I'm bewildered about about Christmas it's actually been the last probably about six years that really I just take a moment where I'm like wow he loves me he loves me and during the Christmas season that's what I want to do is take a moment to just say he loves me he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. You have to be convinced of that. I can't convince you of that. And I think one of the major things that our Christians struggle with is that he really, truly loves us. We think he loves the world, but, but not on a personal level. So we got Christians that live with an insecure faith. He loves me as long as I'm good. He loves me as long as I follow the plan but but let his love convince you this christmas season it's a beautiful beautiful thing and i'll, I'll finish with this we're over time number three he's constant he's constant everything else in this world changes everything else in this world is inconsistent we're, we're inconsistent ourselves we're inconsistent with our goals, we're inconsistent. With our disciplines, we're inconsistent. In our attitudes, we're inconsistent in the way we treat one another. Like we're really inconsistent. Maybe like some of us, like maybe like a 3% are pretty consistent. But, but the majority, we're, we're pretty inconsistent. In everything, like I'm not talking about just one thing, but in everything, we're inconsistent human beings. Like that's just, it's hard to be consistent all the time. And so what we do is that we project our attitudes on God. And because I'm inconsistent, God is inconsistent. Because I don't follow through on all of my plans, God's not going to follow through on all of his plans. Like I, I will work out 
one week really, really good, the rest of the month inconsistent, <laughs> right? It's human beings. You get in an argument with your, you know, significant other and you, you, you start acting up really good and, and you're like, man, I just got to be more loving and you're pretty consistent for a month, two months, and then you, you go back. Has that ever happened with anybody? You don't want to point at your person right now, but I know. Like, just think about across, the, across life, we're pretty inconsistent. And so we're like, God, God, he's here. Like, yeah, I remember during Christmas, but, but what about when January starts? And what about when April comes along and June and July? Are we going to remember that he's constant? Constantly caring, constantly loving, constantly looking at me, constantly in love with me. He does not change in how he feels about me. I want you to think about that. He does not change. And so while we may change with him, he does not change with us. I may feel a certain way about God one day. I'll wake up and my attitudes, my emotions may feel a certain way. I'm mad at God. I don't, I don't feel like worshiping. Go to church on a 12 noon on a Christmas Eve. Ah, no, I got things to do and when life is rough I'm like mm, mm, get in no connect group and uh, you, ever, you ever get like you ever get grumpy with God and you don't talk to him for like three four days just me pray for your pastor um, just like man God man man but God but God the whole time never changed his attitude toward me he's constant in his love toward me that that's amazing that's why Hebrews says it in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's the same. The love that convinced him to become human flesh, the love that convinced him to hang up on a cross is the same love that makes him love me today just as much as 2,000 years ago and just as much as 2,000 years from now. He, he'll never change in his consistency toward me and toward you. He loves you. He's constant about that. And so that's what Christmas is all about. His love for humanity, that he cares, and that he's close, and that he's here with you and me. Let's stand up on our feet.